I used to be stationed in Fort Irwin in California. It's a long story, but there is a 30-mile road that leads from Barstow, the closet town, into the base which is in a large empty desert. There are dozens of crosses along the road leading into the base from soldiers and family of soldiers who have had accidents on this road throughout the years. Anyways, a buddy of mine who was my platoon mate and I were driving back from the mall in Virtoval one night. As we entered the starting stretch of Fort Irwin Road I noticed some fresh bloody tire marks leading off the side of the road directly into a cross, which was dated something like, August 11, 1989. This date was like August 11, 2006. Really creeped me out and I thought I was seeing things. About 20 minutes into our long drive down this isolated two-lane highway leading into the vast empty desert, I look over to my buddy who was driving and lip-syncing to some song. And then as we were going about 75 miles per hour, something darted out in front of us. I quickly caught a glimpse of what looked like a large humanoid beast with fur and a wet hairy face. It looked directly at us even though we were going 75 miles per hour and it was running right across his car. The thing was tall, at least 7 foot, walking on two legs. But the eyes, the eyes were like, I don't know how to explain it, but for that split second when it turned to look at us, as it turned its body and I looked into its eyes it was like time slowed down and its eyes were white voids. Not a reflection really, more like dead light, Stephen King reference. And it wasn't a look of fear, but it was a look of I see you hello. It was the most skin crawling thing I have ever experienced. Whatever that was it was not human, not animal. It was sentient, but not, not like we are. I won't say it had powers but whatever it did to us when we looked at it, I don't know. I turned to my friend who yelled out holy s. And then the thing, it ran off to the other side of the highway. My buddy thought that we almost hit someone, so we stopped and got out to check, but whatever it was ran off into the empty desert night. And then he began to repeat large hairy bird? No, no not bird. Bear. Bear. No, what? What was that? It took us about another 20 minutes to get to base and we just sat there, music off, not talking to each other. He was quiet, which he was never quiet, not Brian. I tried to think of what to say but we were too chill to really talk. Once we got back to base and told our squad members about what had happened, but no one believed us. That is until a few weeks passed by and I started hearing quiet murmurs from people who didn't want to speak openly, but they said that they too saw similar sightings. Years later, after I got out of the service, I did some research online and learned about native folklore passed down by indigenous Native Americans who claimed that Sasquatch was believed to live out in the barren salt flats. Google pulled up a lot of interesting information. Whatever it was, my friend turned white as a ghost that night and we never spoke of it to each other again. Navy Boot Camp, Orlando. I was alone on watch in our company's barracks compartment. I was checking all the windows because the CC liked to unlock one or two to make sure we checked them all. That put me between the racks, bunk beds, and the wall. I caught movement down the middle open area of the compartment, a flash of white. White shoes meant brand new recruit, we had been there longer enough we were wearing our black oxfords. I went between the racks to the middle so I could see who had come into the compartment. The outside door definitely hadn't opened, and I would have heard the door by the inside stairwell. 
The door to the laundry area was locked. Standing across the open area, by the other row of racks, was a girl with curly dark hair wearing the same female utilities as me, light blue shirt, black pants. She was wearing the white tennis shoes which meant she'd only been there a couple weeks. She looked at me, then she wasn't there. No place for her to go, we were in the middle of the compartment, yards from any door, and nowhere to hide. I didn't see her move, she just wasn't there one moment to the next. Only saw her for a heartbeat or two. Spookier still, years later, our new FN was telling about do roving patrol watch at boot camp, and how they kept finding a pair of white sneakers in the locked laundry room of an empty compartment. Freaked her out. Said the red lights always looked darker in there, they do their checks and leave as fast as they could. Thought one of the CCs was playing a joke with the shoes. I asked which building, which wing, which floor. Yep, my old compartment where I had seen the girl. I got to my first unit in the army after basic combat training in 8. A buddy from basic got there at the same time and we were put in the same room. The building was about 3 years old, so it was modern, with two bedroom, shared kitchen on the left and bathroom to the right. My room, back and to the left, homie's room back and to the right. His door had this official US Army crime scene tape around the edges. Being curious fresh privates, we asked the senior specialists what it was about to which they would just skirt around any kind of answer. Fast forward a few months, homie moved to his platoon's hallway, and my Navajo buddy from basic moved in. By this point the crime scene tape was removed. He's a traditional Navajo, fairly spiritual type, and starts telling me he getting odd feelings from the room. I tell him I'm kinda creeped out by it because of the tape, but I'm not terribly worried about it. Fast forward again, probably about a year in the same room. Homie is at an early morning appointment as I wake up to do my pre-PT grooming. His door is slightly cracked, which is unusual for him. His toothbrush is left by the bathroom sink when he usually keeps it in his room. I don't think anything of it. He must have been in a rush. I did him the solid of putting his toothbrush where it usually sits in his room and leave the door in the same position as I found it, about an inch open. I go back to the mirror to start my shave when, in the reflection, I see his door slam open, slam closed, slam open, and finally crack about an inch where it started. I immediately left for PT and took the ass chewing for not shaving. United States Marine Corps, I was an infantry machine gunner. My first tour in Iraq back in 05. My unit was stationed at a dam in Haditha, 10 stories high and 10 stories below. We occupied all of the above ground levels as living quarters and offices and only two levels below, the minus two was for interrogations. Anyways we had heard that beyond the second sublevel there were chilling sights and that this place was a known area where Saddam would torture people. One night me and two of my friends say F it, let's just see what the minus three level has, from there we'd judge if we would go further down. We spotted a bloody handprint that dragged across the wall, someone's shoe left behind, and a whole lot of mess, it was kinda creepy but not too bad, I wasn't scared, yet. So we walk down the hall and decide hey let's climb this ladder, go into this room and have a smoke. At this point it's about 1am, 
the only other Marines awake should be those on guard at their posts and no one should be anywhere near us, or looking for us. Well while we were smoking and joking someone coughs out loud but it wasn't either of us, we got real quite thought maybe it had been some officer or SNCO, that could hear us or smell the smoke, and was trying to catch in an unauthorized area, so we waited silently. One of us did a recon on the hallway we came from no one was there. At that point we were like yup, let's get out of here, climbed back down the ladder and walked out the back way to make sure there wasn't anyone else playing a joke on us. Well, it was just us three on the third sublevel. Earlier that deployment I had told some of my other friends we should try to venture to the last sublevel, but after this incident I never went back to the sublevels, I don't think my friends did either. Went to Iraq thinking IEDs were the scariest thing I was going to encounter, nope. My friend was in the US Army and Korea stationed right on the DMZ but in the middle of nowhere. Across the small valley on the NK side was a propaganda village where nobody lives but is made up to look like a nice place. They had these loudspeakers that would go all day with propaganda directed toward the South Koreans talking about how they would be squashed by the North if they attacked, etc. His birthday was on a nice mild night in late summer. While sitting outside enjoying the quiet darkness, smoking a cigarette and stargazing the loudspeakers in the NK village start blaring, in English, Happy Birthday, Private Joseph Michael Smith, Social Security Number X. Your mother, Nancy, and your father, Robert, miss you dearly and anxiously await your safe return home. My friend was sufficiently freaked the hell out after that. He did stay at the location for the rest of his tour but nobody ever found out exactly how his personal information got leaked. I was a corpsman stationed in Okinawa, between 2014 to 2016. There are a lot and a lot of stories about Oki being haunted. I heard a lot of Marines tell me about episodes of sleep paralysis, where they'd wake up at night unable to move, with dark figures standing over them, or more often women. Camp Hansen was particularly haunted, or so the story goes. I worked ambulance services there, and there was a particular barracks building, I can't remember the number, that received quite a few calls while I was there of possession-type incidents, where Marines would suddenly become extremely violent and begin screaming about demons to the point where it would take about 10 people to hold them down. I personally responded to one such incident. A Marine was just drinking beer down by the quarterdeck, a well-known Marine with no prior history of mental illness or incidents, a pretty straight shooter, suddenly became delirious at the drop of a hat. He went from chatting normally to smashing his face against the stairs, screaming make it stop. I arrived on scene and he was being held down by at least 8 or 9 people. He was thrashing wildly and contorting like something out of the exorcist, trying to smash his head back against the floor. All the while repeating make it stop. I did my job and got him to the ER. I can't say for certain whether it was supernatural, as there was a big drug problem at the time as well, spice, cough syrup, stuff you find in Japan, and I do believe he tested positive for rhabdomyolysis, which can cause confusion. But this was really, really acute. Like at the drop of a hat, not gradual in the slightest. Okay, this is a story a friend a former colleague from the German army, 
the Bundeswehr, told me on one night after a patrol shift when we got drunk, and it still creeps me out cause he's one of the most reasonable and down-to-earth guys I've ever met. Just some context for the international readers. The German Bundeswehr is part of the Kfir, the Kosovo force, a peacekeeping force that entered duty in 1999. One of the stations of the German forces was the so-called Prizren airfield. My colleague, back when he was a Unteroffizier, was stationed there several times. On his last time, just two or three weeks before his flight back to Germany, he was on his way back from a delivery tour with a younger guy that just arrived in Prizren. So they drove with a wolf, a Bundeswehr Mercedes-Benz G, when they saw bright light that was glowing behind a small hill. That was pretty unusual because they were right in the nowhere surrounded by patches of a forest between Prizren and Dojnes. The thought I could be a plane crash, a camp of bandits or something but they didn't know. So they stopped and started climbing the small hill when they heard a strange noise that sounded like the noise of a transformer at a substation. After they reached the top there was no plane crash but, they did see some kind of craft that was landed between the trees. My colleague described it as a upside down a bowl made out of silver or another shiny metal with three or four tiny legs that was, he did not how to describe that, glowing from the inside. Right behind the craft they some some people, or better, humanoid creatures in tight suits that were walking around like they were searching for something. One of them held a device in his long hands that looked like a metal rod with a glowing light on its top, that started flashing after some time. Then one of the other beings knelt down and maybe took a sample of some plant or something. Right after that, all that happened in in maybe one or two minutes, they boarded their craft through some hatch or door. Then the craft that started hoovering over the ground. After that, my colleague said that they started feeling strange and ill and just fell asleep. They woke up an half hour later laying on the ground and started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. ...at the sky. The two thought they were crazy and could not be live what they saw. They walked down where they saw the craft and the beings and found some marks of the legs on the ground but nothing more. Of course, they did not report this event because everybody would think they were crazy. I was in the Navy as a hospital corpsman. My last duty station was Charleston, SC, Navy Hospital. I think it was on a weekend, 
because my XH had our kids for the day and my BF and I had gone to see the movie Identity which was new in theaters. If you haven't seen it, it's about some people who get stuck at a roadside motel in some bad weather. There's more to it than that, trust me, but it was enough to give me a bad case of the heebie-jeebies. That night, I had overnight duty at the hospital. Now the hospital was in its final years of service and was mostly abandoned. The very top floor, 10th, I think was the operating room, the second floor was the administrative, CO suite, and the first floor was just clinics. There was no inpatient service there and absolutely nothing on the other floors. I was on duty, I think from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. with one other person and we were the only two people in this huge, abandoned hospital just a couple hours after one of us watched a scary movie. Every hour, on the hour, I had to make rounds which was taking a flashlight in the elevator, and walking around each floor, making sure it was empty, nothing was on, nothing was dripping, etc. and then moving on to the next floor. I did the 10th floor. It was fine. Ninth floor, got out of the elevator, listened for a minute, and then got back in. Somewhere around the 7th floor, something scared me. I don't remember what it was. Probably a mouse. I still had to do the rounds but I was so freaked out and panicked, and I had a radio to radio my colleague, but he wasn't answering. Which just added to the creepiness factor. So by the time 6 showed up on the elevator, I just opened the elevator door, made sure there was no mass murderer standing there. Good, on to 5. That was the quickest finished rounds I'd ever done and still would not wish that on anyone. The hospital is, was, still standing last I checked, but is no longer in use. My colleague found it howlingly funny that I was so freaked out walking around an abandoned hospital at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, and there was a back door that was known to anyone who worked there that was always open and unlocked 24-7. Anyone could have totally come and gone and not been noticed by the duty watch because they put the duty crew on the wrong side of the building. I don't know if paranormal, but it for sure falls under creepy. It was 1999, I was an 18-year-old fresh out of eight and moved to Fort Carson as my first duty assignment, got my barracks room, assigned to 2nd platoon, and everything in my army life was moving great. It comes to Friday and we have our safety brief and one of the senior E-4s tell me after formation to come over to his room for some after-work drinks. I was 18 so it was not allowed but who cares people are getting to know me, I can have a beer and it won't be an issue, the army is great. So I go get in my coolest lucky jeans, and button up short sleeve shirt, god I was lame, and walked over and knocked on his door. What I was greeted by was the creepiest thing I have ever seen. Nine members of my platoon were watching porn, and all still in uniform. Just sitting there drinking, watching porn together. No one was naked or doing anything weird, just nine grown-ass men in uniform still watching porn. They passed me a beer and asked if I could join. I told them hey, I'm underage I'm going to have to pass they told everyone I was lame but I will never forget the look of lust in their eyes watching that movie, and I have no idea what happened after I left nor did I never bring it up again. This took place on Fort Carson Army Base, Colorado Springs, Colorado in the summer of 2011. I'm a civilian so not accustomed to the military life, but I have an odd occurrence from being a contractor on nearby military bases. 
This was strange but not as mysterious as most of the top stories. So I'm working on an army base with two other individuals, doing invasive weed surveys at known locations where specific invasive species have been mapped in Archgis for several years. The area we were at was a small grassy field next to the parking lot of a veterinarian clinic on post. The three of us are doing our vegetation surveys for a couple hours in the afternoon. We are all staring at the ground counting plants and identifying each species. We are in between a road and the parking lot so we see traffic coming and going. At about 330 the veterinarian clinic closes and there are only two or three vehicles in the parking lot. We assume the employee are just finishing closing up, and sure enough we see two ladies come out the front door and then leave in their vehicles. So the only vehicle is our own work truck. As we are slowly making it through this arduous task of cataloging invasive weeds, specifically at this site field bindweed was the nuisance, an SUV drives into the parking lot and then backs up into a parking spot near the end of the building. One guy in army fatigues jumps out and runs up to the building to open the door and prop it open. The other guy gets out and opens the cargo area on the SUV. Then the two men in fatigues pull another guy, who appears to be unconscious, out the back of the vehicle and carry him onto the building. We couldn't see into the back of the vehicle due to being on the other side of the parking lot. All three of us saw this and look at each other like WTF did we just see? About 10 minutes later another vehicle comes into the parking lot, it's a Toyota Prius so we assume it is the personal vehicle of whomever is driving, and this guy in civilian clothing gets out and walks up to the side entrance that the other two men carried their unconscious comrade through. We were perplexed and trying to understand what we just saw. We had no idea what could have been going on. Just a note to any readers, there was a huge hospital on the base and it was less than a one quarter mile away from our location, so we really could not understand why an unconscious man would be taken in through a side door of a veterinarian clinic, after hours, by two other men. I'll tell you a story that I heard from my father, now deceased. He was a career Air Force Air Traffic Controller, Traken, Ripcon, all that stuff, made Chief Master Sergeant, 24 years served. He was a no BS kind of guy, hard but fair, and I never in all my life knew him to exaggerate a story, or weave a tall tale. We were on a trip together a few years after he retired, and I had Coast to Coast AM on, Crazy Paranormal Alien, radio program. He tells me that while on duty at either March AFB or Edwards, can't remember which as this was a while ago, he had something crazy fast on the scopes doing all kinds of things that shouldn't be physically possible, that they cross-verified with other units as not being equipment failure or an anomaly. Next day some LTC they didn't know rounds everybody who was on shift, the CCTLR and OIC and pretty much tells them that nothing happened, they didn't see anything and to forget it if they valued their careers. As a side note, he was involved with the testing of the SR-71, stealth fighter, and both stealth bombers. He spoke about that at length when the aircraft were declassified, and even brought me some models that the Lockheed and Northrop Grumman guys used to give out to the airmen as promotional items I guess. He was pretty clear in telling me that this was not that. He said that he was pretty sure that it was a UFO or something. I don't know what to believe about it, and I'm not really into that subculture, but I know my dad, and he was clearly at a loss to explain that night.
not me but a friend on Nas Whidbey Island, Washington, just north of Seattle, non-paranormal but weird. He worked for one of the squadrons. I don't recall which. He was pulling over night rover duty. So he is doing his checks and he comes across an opening in the floor. It must have been covered with something before as he had no recollection of it. So he goes down inside. He's in a long tunnel going as far as he can see. Stacked on either side are filing cabinets. He opens one to find files going back to the 60s. He starts to walk down to see how far the tunnel goes but gets kinda creeped out in the I'm not supposed to be here way. So he goes back to post and tells his watchmate. They call it in and whomever his watchmate talked to said mark it down, and don't go back. Next night he's on watch again. The passage is still open. Goes down. It's cleared out. Nothing in there at all. A day later the opening is shut and paved over. He gets pulled aside that day and told never talk about what you saw. I have a story from my NCO in infantry training school for the Marine Corps. So my sergeant was at a checkpoint in Iraq at train station and a solo Marine with a saw comes walking towards them, full gear as well. They know he's a Marine, so they tell him to stop and give them this number that you get when you're deployed, sorry, I can't remember what it's called, so he gives them his number and he moves forward to them. When he gets to them I guess they are just talking about the war and shooting the stuff when he says gotta get back to my guys and walks away. Finding that extremely strange that a marine would be solo like that in a war zone they look up the number they gave him. The guy was deployed the cycle before them and not only that, but it showed he got killed in action. He said it was creepy and it happened to other marines there too. My sergeant said weird stuff happens in war. I heard this story in 2012 and I'll always remember it because the way he told it, some of our NCOs rightfully messed with us but I know this sergeant was telling the truth. I was fortunate to serve on the 2010 deployment for this fine war vessel since my ship was still being built down in Mississippi. As part of being an engineering department it is basically drilled into your head of what happened on the ship and the people who fought to keep the boat from sinking. For me the creepiest things I got about to seeing was misplaced items I've set down and sometime later the item would be in a different location. This was inside main engine room 1. Where two engine men basically died instantly from the blast. Granted this all happened late at night so I don't know if it was them and or the combo of being sleepy. All I do know is that ship gives me the creeps but regardless I would serve on board again. My grandpa was in the Navy in the Vietnam era. He and his crew were in Panama for a brief stay, and he was told to guard a pier with another man to look out for gorillas. He was given a gun that wasn't loaded, because if he shot someone that was attacking him he could cause an international conflict. So he and this other man started from the middle of the pier and walked in opposite directions and would meet back in the middle every 10 minutes or so. My grandpa was on the half of the pier that went further into the water, while the other man would go to the beginning of the pier that connected to the shore and nearly went into the jungle where gorillas were known to frequent. It was about 30 minutes before the end of his duty, when my grandpa arrived to the middle of the pier alone. He waited for a few minutes but the other man didn't show to meet him there. My grandpa walks to the end of the pier and back twice, manning his post. 
The other guy never meets him in the middle again and when the two other men show up to relieve them, they said they didn't see the other guard either. My grandpa later found out that the man had fallen asleep while walking the pier and fell into the water. He was found alive and put in the brig. My grandpa never saw him again. Was in Iraq for little over 8 months few years ago. Was stationed in Taiji, outside Baghdad, where everyone sleeps in basically converted shipping containers. Above each of these is a concrete pad designed, I think, to absorb the impact of mortars slash rockets slash other BS launched at us by the locals. Directly above the connex I slept in, it was clearly obvious that at some point an explosive of some type had impacted. The concrete pad was completely missing and mauled, as was the concrete below. No clue if anyone died, but something had happened and clearly was devastating. I fell asleep one day after running non-stop missions outside the wire for last two days. Woke up in middle of night and felt eyes of me. I look in corner of my room and see a figure standing there looking at me. Being half and out I'd sleep, I stand up and point my rifle at the figure just looming the corner. I didn't even have a mag in. In a few seconds, it just faded away and I found myself standing in room pointing my empty rifle at the corner. Lucky for me, roommate was still fast asleep. I have a rare condition where like sleep paralysis I can have hallucinations when waking. Difference for me is I can walk around and interact for a few seconds with hallucinations still in room. Happens when very stressed or overtired, I was both. That was first time it happened and terrified me for a few months after. Not exactly paranormal, but scare the thing out of you if no clue what is going on. On board the aircraft carrier John C. Stennis, there is a supply storeroom about five ladder wells down, near the aft end of the ship. The story goes that because of the heat in it, a supply PO had a heart attack and died up in there. The story is that his spirit is still up in there, and if you turn the light out and ask him to show up, he will knock a lot of stuff around to let you know he is there. We were told that on Halloween, he has the ability to touch you too. When we were deployed on the ship, a lot of our folks tried it out, and when Halloween came around, it was amusing to see just how many folks were actually afraid to do it. Two thousand three in Baghdad. My unit came in May right after the initial push. We took over a compound that looked like an Iraqi base. Anyways, we are setting up sleeping quarters and my unit takes over the old medical building. We can clearly see blood on the stairs, and I'm not talking sprinkles, I'm talking puddles of blood from the until that had become before us and clearly saw combat in that building. A few days go by and I'm laying down on my cot at night trying to go to sleep, when suddenly I feel someone looking at me, as I look up, I see a soldier that clearly wasn't American, it was an old Iraqi soldier just standing there in the middle of the room. I'm sure it wasn't just me being half asleep, because another one of my friends mentioned it a few days later. It was really creepy. Around 2015 I was in the truck training a new airman on flight line driving at night when we were doing a routine inspection on the equipment out there. He knew what he was doing so I just stargazed like I love to. It was a clear night so it was perfect. After a minute, 
I noticed stars were disappearing in clusters and reappearing after a second and realized something really dark and large was gliding over top of us. I told my coworker to look at it and he saw it too. It was this giant crescent-shaped thing just silently flying overhead west away from the mountains. It was seriously bizarre and I've never seen anything like it before. I still have no idea what it was. I should ask him if he remembers that. Was in Afghanistan in 2010 for the push on Mirja. USMC infantry. Was in a mobile unit called Cot Platoon, which means we spent nearly every night outside the wire with our own cordons and therefore had to stand watch at night up in the turrets. I had the midnight, 4 a.m. shift every night. The Taliban knew that we didn't really do a lot of patrolling at night, unless we were on a specific mission, so that was when they would go to all of the locals who had helped us and pay them a visit. So me up in the turret often got to listen to the sounds of the Taliban torturing a guy we had talked to a day prior a few blocks away without the ability to do anything about it. Happened on a regular basis. That and the sounds of locals getting freaky with their livestock, not an exaggeration. Coasty here, once on the cutter we had a major fuel leak in one of the engineering spaces. So we did what we are trained for and prevented a fire. During the cleanup is when it gets weird. Myself and a subordinate are tasked with opening the valves and starting the pump to suck up the fuel and water in the bilge. Simple stuff, done it hundreds of times. We put hands on all the right valves and the bilge waste is moving to the right waste tank, even had confirmation from a guy watching the tank levels. All was good. Suddenly I blinked extra long for no reason. My focus blurred and I get a call on the radio from the guy watching the tank levels. The 8 inches of fluid we put into that tank is gone and suddenly in the other tank. What the F? My valve alignment is golden, and I followed the operating procedures like I have too. I go over my valves to triple check. They are aligned for the other tank, valves I specifically remember not touching and 30 seconds ago teaching my subordinate not to touch for this task. We correct the valves and start putting fluid back into the right waste tank. Okay back to normal. After we save the day. The three of us get together to compare notes on what went wrong when pumping the bilge. When I got to the part where I blinked extra long and vision got wonky, the other two perked up and said the same thing happened to them. We started to ask around to see if any other crew members had the same experience, everyone said no and looked at us funny. Navy sonar tech here, not really creepy but the stuff we hear can be a little too ominous. Normally it's dolphins or other boats that we can hear but the uncommon noises can be bone chilling in the middle of the night. Also most ships have a loud PA system in the engine rooms that we can hear and usually leaves new people messed up slash confused slash scared until someone explains it to them. Also I don't know if it was mentioned yet but the USS New York has metal from the World Trade Center built into it. I've always felt unnerved being around that ship but I've heard stories of people stationed on it hearing weird chatter from deserted areas of the ship and seeing people in suits and children playing around it. Air Force 3E0x2, Power Production Technician. We work with backup power generators. They are often in plant rooms which are dark, 
dank rooms full of machinery like HVAC, gas lines, water systems, and electrical panels. On military installations, many buildings have their own generator so that we can operate any operation at any time, even without grid power. To simulate power failure, we shut off the main breaker supplying the building with power. After a few seconds, the generator and electrical panel will sense power failure, start the generator, and automatically switch from commercial to generator power. Because this interruption annoyed a lot of people and temporarily put down critical systems like radio and radar, we would often schedule these tests in advance. One morning, we scheduled a test of the main building that powered the antennas for the base-wide radio network. It was something super early, like 6 a.m. We noticed the light is on in the plant room, and we can smell the unmistakable scent of black and mild cigars. My first thought was that someone from our shop already scheduled the test and were there working on the generator since we had some black and mild smokers in the shop. When we open the door, we can see a laptop, a stepladder, and an airman on an office chair jerking off while watching porn and smoking a black and mild cigar. He was someone from the comm squadron. He probably thought there was no way in hell someone was going to come into the dusty old plant room under lock and key at 6 a.m. while everyone is supposed to be starting PT. My colleague and I went back to the shop and told everyone the story, laughing our asses off. Our punk-ass shop foreman at the time was all mad and called their squadron to complain. He got in trouble. To be honest, the humiliation for him was enough that I wasn't gonna tell anyone on him. I thought it would be a fun inside joke but those old crusty senior non-commissioned officers don't like jokes. When I was stationed at Lakenheath the dorms we lived in were haunted. We all thought it was a joke about them being built on a burial ground until my mom sent me a DVD she burned about all the stuff they dug up while building them. I never personally saw a ghost or something like that in my room but I would have lights turn on and off and drawers and cabinets open and close on their own usually in the middle of the night. I had some friends though that from time to time would wake up to seeing a young child or woman standing in their room. And some guys on a far corner of them swore they heard metallic clanging sometimes. Interesting. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Thing is, they dug up something like 80 women and children and a warrior buried on his horse. I was in the Marine Corps training in Pensacola, Florida at the Navy Air Crew Candidate School. We were getting x-rays done at the nearby Med Bay. It was half empty, it was also located between our barracks and the creepy lighthouse. Four of us Marines were waiting to be seen, going in one by one. I wasn't first and I wasn't last to be called in. The lights were mostly off, I figured it was because only a few rooms in that building were being used so why waste electricity? I was called up, I walked through the door, it was dark, to my right was a single door, then a set of double doors, this grabbed my attention because the double doors didn't match the other door at all. I kept walking to the end where the last door was, which was where the x-ray machine was located. I got my x-rays, no problem, but it honestly felt like I was in the dungeon. They sent me away to wait with the others, so I walked back toward the hallway which I came. I passed one single door on my left, I immediately felt something was wrong, the fact that the double doors weren't there, the hallway was a much shorter walk. I was freaked out, but kept my cool. I told my buddies, thinking they would just laugh me off, but no, they said this place freaks them out. I don't know what it's supposed to mean. I remember the two windows and the double doors were dark, with a light at the end of the room. I wish I knew what was behind those doors, I wished it would reappear to validate my sanity. Not so much seen, but definitely heard. I'm in the Navy and about 15 years ago I was standing watch in a submarine engine room. We were underway, can't for the life of me remember where to, from, or just making circles. It was the mid-watch and I sat down to catch up on some logs. That's when I heard a woman's voice, long before we had women on subs, and felt the hairs on my neck stand straight up. I got up looked around and found the other watches shooting the stuff or doing their daily tasks. I thought maybe I had dozed off and dreamt it. I sat back down and heard it again, and it sounded like it was coming from outside the hatch I was sitting under. I said F this crap out loud and went to just be around the other guys on watch. I still get chills thinking about it, even now. Was it Camp Leatherneck? Helmand province Afghanistan. Was leaving my room, was a large room with eight other guys, to head to the designated smoking area, smoke pit, around like 10pm so it was dark and clear skies. 
lit up my cigarette as I was passing through the tea barriers and when I got on the other side I saw about 10 or so marine slash army looking up at the sky pointing. Looked up and saw three red dots in the sky. About the size of what you'd see on an airplane, but far apart in a triangle formation. So one light at each angle point. Sorry I'm trying to explain and it would be so much easier to draw lol. So we're all looking up and a second set of the lights appeared a little to the left of this set. It was super weird and at one point the lights from the first set got closer together, then apart again, then completely disappeared. Still to this day don't know what it was. Really cool to witness though. I used to work at a training facility for fighter pilots. There's a YouTube video out there. It was taken by a security guard taken at night when everything was shut down, building is man 24-7. This building has some very historic value. It's old. The security guard saw a shadow disappear into a wall that is a bathroom. It's clear as day on the video. While I worked there, we'd always hear footsteps. Floor creaks. Doors shake. Cold 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 drafts and strange smells. All when nobody is around. To give some information, you may be thinking oh, it just went into a room on the side. Sure. Except all the rooms are locked. The only one not locked is the bathroom. And that's all that's on that side of the wall. And when the hosts of the video say it's weird he didn't videotape the rest of the bathroom there's nothing else to videotape. It's a very very small bathroom. A urinal and a stall. What's on the right there is a paper towel dispenser on the wall. That leg they're referring to is for a stall. Keep in mind it's a secure building, so there's door sensors so there's no way in without going past a security guard or an alarm going off from an authorized entrance from another door, there's only two ways in the building from the outside. I should also note, I used to be a hardcore believer in the paranormal. Now, with all the fake stuff on the internet that's kind of been tarnished, I consider myself an open-minded skeptic. I like to see things debunked before I claim ghost. However, this, I can't explain this. I was about one month from getting out of the army, but was lucky enough to catch one last staff duty. This unit didn't have a runner, so I was alone on duty. Around 2 or 3 in the morning, I left the desk to do my security checks. There was a long row of connected hangers, well lit by street lights. Just as I step into the light of the first street light, it clicks off. Hmm, whatever, I thought as I checked the doors and started heading to the light of the next set of doors. Again, just as I reach the light, the lamp clicks off. I try to laugh it off, but it is late and I am tired. My mind starts racing with all kinds of strange possibilities. I check the doors and move on, telling myself that I'm being paranoid. Now as I approach the third street light, I've calmed down and figure it is just a coincidence. Nothing to be afraid of. Except, again, just as I reach the light of the third street light, it clicks off. I hand my knife out, surveying the area, scared to death. Normally I am rational, but 3 AM. Alone, next to nowhere, not my manliest moment. Not a US militant. But when my dad was in the army their general was a total ass to them. 
Rude. Disrespectful. Make them work until after midnight. Picking on them instead of the others. So my dad and his friends were pissed and decided to freak the guy out. So they got the tallest man in the group and wrapped him up in white ghost-like fabric. They sent the man out a few decameters back. And sure enough, when the general came, crossing the path, the man started going up and down like a tube man and screaming like he's been possessed. The man was insanely tall so he made it funnier. The general took off yelling demon demon and never bothered going back that way at night. The general was convinced because our culture actually believe in demons and curses. So it worked perfectly. Civil servant here, my squadron is in a secretive installation that is attached to a base in one state but is under the command of another. Anyway, the entire place is haunted AF. Among many weird paranormal things I've experienced my favorite by far is seeing long dead pilots or air crew literally flight checking their birds. It's fascinating and rather sad. They are totally in their element, they disappear quickly but I've noted uniforms from several different decades and branches. It used to freak me out but now it's just a thing. Everyone just accepts it like it's normal. A lot of the maintainers see them, it's only creepy when I'm there alone super early in the morning before the sun is up. Some of them glow almost. Trip out. Never active duty, but I grew up a Navy brat. I lived in Ikego shortly after they built it, and one part actually was fenced off with signs that it was an active minefield. A friend of mine lived in one of the houses across the street from this field, and used to throw rocks over the fence trying to set one off. Eventually he snuck in and found out it wasn't actually a minefield. In the middle of the lot was an old blown out house. Around it were a number of graves with crosses and one star of David made of scavenged wood. I remember it had a narrow sort of moat dug around it that was about a foot wide and three feet deep. I kind of felt bad and wouldn't cross the moat, but my friend was a bit of a dick and stomped around on the graves. Later on, an MP told me that a group of soldiers got held out there for a while, with few survivors. He also drove us down an access road on the side of the field, far past that to another part of the base that was unoccupied. There was another similar fortress made of fallen trees propped up against a stone outcropping. It still had a machine gun mounted in a gap in between the logs. Not sure if it's creepy to others, but it was really creepy to me at the time. I don't know why they said it was a minefield, and didn't just tell the truth. I've only told this story once before to the grown children of one of the men that died. I'll say now that I suffered from lack of sleep as well as shock when a man attempted to rape me, which caused even more stress. The day before three men in my unit died. I was casual friends with one and the other two were respected officers. I didn't see them die but I saw most of what was left. That shock added to almost two days and nights without sleep and then to be attacked, well it's understandable that I might have hallucinated. When he attacked me I remembered what the instructor in a rape prevention class had said, use anything if you're going to fight back and remember your best weapon is your mind. He was attacking me and I knew there would be no help coming since we were in an isolated area. I looked away to the side and I swear I saw the three men who had died the day before. I saw them as clearly as I saw my attacker. One of them, the enlisted one, 
nodded to me, as if to say I would be okay. As if that were the signal to my brain I started a hysterical, I guess you'd say babbling, about how I was going to die just like what happened to my friends the day before. I described the carnage of their remains and told them I would be joining them soon. I don't have any idea what went through my attacker's head but he stopped grabbing me and even set my clothes to rights and started apologizing, over and over. From his words I gathered he was Catholic and I told him he needed to go to confession and talk to his priest. Then I got the hell out of there as fast as I could. Is there such a thing as double shock? If I hadn't have seen them I might never have tried what I did, or maybe they suggested it? I don't know. Ghosts or a hallucination from an overtaxed mind, you decide. Me, I don't want to decide one way or another. It just was. I saw them. They were dead and had died the day before. They saved me or I saved myself, or both. This has bothered me for almost 40 years. Even if it was a hallucination I can't help feeling that they saved me. I was a machinist mate in the US Navy. I finished my time in January this year. I worked down in the machinery plants. When we pulled into port, we'd cool down the plants and go into cold iron, everything's shut down, we're on shore power. There were two watchstanders who monitored the entire machinery room, cold iron watch, and a senior roving watch who got to chill in their office or rack. Chew was manned at all times. So I had the great joy and pleasure of being the only person in a machinery plant where people had died before, for up to eight hours at a time. I heard all of the spooky noises, unexplained and explained. I'd swear someone was calling my name, I was the only person down there. I'd see stuff out of the corner of my eye. Things wouldn't be where they were supposed to be. Unexplained bangs and noises. I'm sure it's all easily explained by sleep deprivation slash copious amounts of death wish black coffee, but that crap gave my atheistic ass the heebie-jeebies like nothing else. This is a story I was told from a guy I was in school with. He claimed to have had this experience firsthand, but it's now third-hand to you folks, so a couple grains may be appropriate. The USS Stark back in the 80s was in the Gulf, and was hit by a pair of Exocet missiles. As the story was told to me, the search radar wasn't on, so the first indication that the ship was under attack was the forward lookout going holy s, is that a missile? And one of the missiles, on impact, gutted the bosun's locker, and they were all in there, messing and having coffee or something, it's hotter than the devil's taint in the Gulf. Ship was saved, and rebuilt, and supposedly, you can still hear those bosuns, still chilling and stuff. Not angry, not sad, like they're still having that conversation and don't quite realize they are dead. Slightly creepy, more paranormal. Not sure if I buy it, but yeah. EM2 Kelly did, and he wasn't one to believe in ghost stories. I was stationed in a bad morale Tradoc unit and they had an M113A2 that was haunted. They used to take trainees out for rides during their field training at the end of basic until Flipper struck. You could spot Flipper from a mile away since it had flipped so many times they welded a special handle on the front to winch it back over. So Flipper earned its name and killed a few trainees and wasn't right ever since. The oil was always contaminated, it didn't matter what we did 
that thing would look like milk in less than 24 hours. The controls were sluggish and would respond oddly for no apparent reason. Flipper would sit in the motor pool, ours was a blacktop about the size of a football field due to all the equip we had, and you would see Flipper out there segregated from all the other tracks covered in a tarp to try and keep the oil clean. It never worked. No one liked going near Flipper, and would only pull PMCS if ordered to. As I said, it was odd, the engine ran bad no matter what the mechanics did to it and it wouldn't shut off like it was supposed to. It would keep running, blowing thick black smoke. Navy here. Did six months in the Mediterranean. Saw a lot of empty boats described here, but also small boats full of people, and other refugee-related events. The one that will always stand out though was the day we cruised past a dead body. It's 100% nothing like anything I've ever seen in a movie. It was like cottage cheese wearing clothes. I assume, given the region, that the person's skin was much darker before they passed. After death they were severely bloated and white. Had they not had shorts and a shirt on, I'd never have recognized it as a person. I've also been on Liberty and Grease and past dead bodies on the beach. The desperation of the refugees to cross the sea is something else. Grandfather told us a story about his flights in Korea. It was shortly before he retired, but he was an engineer on spy planes. He said they were going on their flight path when their instruments started going all weird. He said one of the crew told them to look outside, so everybody looked out. He said it was the strangest thing he'd ever seen, a small orb of light. It was smaller than a car, but was keeping speed with them. He said for several minutes it flew with them, circling the plane as it went. Once they were able to radio it in, they were told they should land immediately for debriefing. He was basically told never to mention the event to anyone. I don't know if they said other stuff, but he wasn't the type of person to make stories or stretch truth. Navy Magazine in Guam, 2014. I was training to be staff duty officer and was shadowing my trainer. We enter the chief's mess to secure the building and arm the security system and we hear this weird noise so we investigate. We find the missile chief's office TV was on and cycling down in channel numbers. Okay, turn off the TV and continue closing everything down. It's known to everybody there's weird stuff that happens around the magazine but we just brush it off. As we are walking through the assembly bays and locking doors the SDO actual curses and says he left the briefcase in the chief's mess. To arm the system and walk back inside to hear the same sound from before. We immediately beeline for the missile chief's office. The TV is back on but now it is cycling up in channels. Okay, F this. SDO pulls the plug on the TV but it stays on still cycling up in channels. He calls the watch captain and explains what's going on and that we're finished with securing the compound despite not locking everything up. We lock the gates and hightail it out of there. Didn't find the briefcase and just set F everything until tomorrow morning. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Morning. Last year, I was roughly 50 miles off the coast of NY. Saw one extremely bright light in the sky which I assumed was light from the shore. When it dawned on me that didn't make sense due to how far offshore I was, I grabbed the binos for a closer look. Crazy thing was I could not figure out if this thing was 2 miles or 20 miles away. Looked like a giant burning ball in the sky. Wasn't very high and I just knew it wasn't a plane. Thought maybe some military flare exercise. Ruled that out because it was not descending. After about 5 to 10 minutes trying to figure out what this damn thing was, it was gone. Just myself and one other guy were standing watch on the bridge. Was around 3 to 4 AM. We were just so confused slash stunned when it was just gone. Didn't burn up, or slowly fade. Just flat out disappeared. Submariner here, I've been in the engine room mostly alone but for one other guy who was with me, and we both saw someone walking forward of where we were. The other guy went to follow him, since I couldn't leave where I was. There was no path to an exit in the direction he went, so the only way from him to leave was to walk back past where I was, but the only person who ever came by was the guy I was with earlier. Dude just vanished. Also, flickering lights are creepy. Obviously, when we're submerged, there's no source of external light, so if lights go out it gets really dark. Watching some lights flicker and then just go out was creepy as all hell, since I was plunged into near complete darkness. Turns out a short had developed on one the of the lighting strings at the exact same moment that we opened the breaker for the other string to replace a ballast. My friend just returned home a month ago on leave from Okinawa, and he told me a story about his company, or something I'm not sure, a group of marines anyways, going to climb Mount Fuji. They drove a bus up to their starting point but on the way to the climb the bus driver slammed on his brakes and everyone freaked out and looked out front. My friend then told me everyone saw a goat with a mane made of flames, and glowing red eyes. He told me it made chills shoot down his spine, and he could barely breathe. Everyone in the bus saw the beast he said, but no one would talk about it afterwards because they were too afraid to mention it. He also tells a story about how one night late into his shift in the armory he was working on some firearm when out of nowhere ammo cans had been flung off the shelf and a nail scratching noise was heard. He was the only one on duty when it happened. He said it scared the ever-loving Jesus out of him. I was a camp counselor for a summer camp outside of Boston MA one year. Our camp took a field trip to George's Island on Boston Harbor to visit old Fort Warren. 
featuring Warren was primarily used as a Confederate prison during the Civil War. Anywho, this place has loads of dark and damp corridors and just filled with creepy vibes, I loved it. It was a hot and sunny July day and our tour guide took us down through a passage that was completely and utterly pitch black. These conditions lasted for maybe 100 feet or so. My group was too young to be left unsupervised, so we had to basically tie them together and follow single file against the granite wall. The National Park Rangers who were giving the tour were playing jokes on the kids and scaring them throughout, light-hearted jokes, nothing too WTF, our kids were spooked but really enjoyed it. Now comes the good stuff. I was 15 so I was a junior counselor. Juniors got all the grunt work of summer camp life haha, so my senior counselor says to go back through the pass and get the next group, a group of older kids, and tell them to come through, since our little ones were clear. I was not really digging that idea but I had no choice. So I begin to briskly walk down the black corridor, you had to take a corner at both ends to exit this stretch, so for most of the corridor, you were in complete darkness, I could finally see the faint glow of the daylight at the far end and right when I felt relived, a person crossed the light from right to left very quickly. It was a smaller outline of a person so I instantly thought it was an older kid from our camp. Hey who is that? Group 7 or 8? No answer. No sound of walking, nothing. The creepy part is that the way the shadow moved to the left would put them right up against the granite wall, so I got instantly sketched out that someone was about to scare the s out of me. So I veered further right of he corridor to avoid this scare, still convinced that one of my campers was going to jump scare me. I sloshed through some puddles and almost lost my footing, so I used the right wall of the corridor for support. I get to about the spot where I think the person is laying in wait and almost fall because there is a doorway on the right side and all my weight was basically thrown through it, since I was using the wall for support and guidance in the dark. Now I'm in the doorway for this massive chamber, still pitch black and musty, but I can tell it's huge just from the echoes. I get this insanely I should not be here feeling and bolt down the corridor to the end of the darkness and into the courtyard where the next three groups have assembled. I'm out of breath, shoes soaked and my shirt dirty from rubbing on the walls, my other counselors are all looking at me like I'm nuts as I'm asking if any of the kids were in there, none of them were. They were all accounted for. They even told me that no one had gone in after my group, since they were there the whole time waiting for me to come get them. A minutes later, one of the park rangers came through the tunnel and I ran up to him to ask him if he or another ranger was in there, either to scare us kids or for safety purposes. He looks at me and instantly asks if I heard anything, I say no but I am 100% sure I saw someone cross my path from that doorway that lead from that big-ass chamber room. He proceeds to tell me that for the most part, his crew avoids that hallway due to hearing the voice of the lady in black, and that none of his men were in there. So back through the darkness we go, though this time we have like 40 of our older, 11 to 13 years olds, kids running up and down the corridor hooting and hollering, trying scare everyone. One of them discovered the big chamber room and soon they are all in there exploring. The rangers were explaining to the groups what the room and corridor's main purpose was during the civil war, but I noped out of there fast as I could and rejoined my young campers on the other side. I have no idea what it was down in the darkness, but I'm deadly positive it was a woman's silhouette crossing my path in the depths of that awesome old fort. I've typed too long of a novel, 
but Google Fort Warren and the ghost of the lady in black shouldn't be too hard to find on there. Ten tenths would recommend going to George's Island.